Hello and welcome to Integrate Faith and Innovate. I'm Dr. Hannah Stoles, Director of the Wheaton Center for Faith and Innovation and Professor of Marketing and Supply Chain Management. And I'm here with my co-host, F.T. Chong, Head of Private Capital at Pinebridge Investments. This is the podcast for conversations about the integration of faith with practical tips for faithful decision-making in everyday business. Welcome to episode six. In this episode, we're excited to welcome uh, Julia Oltman. Um, Julia is Assistant Vice President at Zurich North America, which is part of the global insurance company based in Zurich, Switzerland. She is an employment attorney who specializes in diversity, inclusion, equity, and employee resource groups, as well as affirmative action, ethics, compliance, investigations, and employee development and culture. In 2018, Julia was a founding member of Zurich's Faith-Based Employee Resource Group, which is a Christian employee resource group named Good News Z. Julia is also the co-chair of the group, which has become the fastest growing employee resource group at Zurich North America. She has her JED from Loyola University, Chicago School of Law, and a BS in psychology and speech communication from the University of Illinois. Uh, thank you for being with us here today, Julia. Uh, our conversation today is going to be about the role of faith in engaging diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we're hoping to come out of this with some practical tips and everyday business for ways to promote justice and mercy in light of so many challenges facing us in our culture today. So actually, perhaps we can start by talking um, you know, about faith and spirituality. And Julia, we're really excited to jump in and hear your story. So thank you both for being here with me. Yeah, Julia, thank you very much. Uh, I'm not gonna delay hearing from Julia by too much. It's great to be a Christian, uh, uh, but sometimes when we go to work, we are self-Christian. So uh, when we started this podcast, we, we've always been, I look forward to meeting other Christians who are visible at work and bring their spiritual resources to bear. And so uh, it's wonderful to hear. Uh, it's, it, I think for many years as a Christian, I felt lonely, like, oh, maybe I'm the only Christian on this floor in this building. But that's not true. Uh, we're so, so uh, expert and adept at hiding our faith that, uh, first of all, it's useless to us at work. And secondly, nobody knows we are Christian. So, Let's talk about uh, how you do how you do uh, your what we call your spiritual quotient uh, at work. So you have a first question, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your journey at Zurich and how you developed Good News Z? Yes, um, I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to talk with both of you today. So um, I didn't know anything about insurance and really just found myself at um, an insurance company through uh, a sequence of events. And I, I really was not sure why God had me, you know, at an insurance company. It wasn't something that I, you know, had really aspired to. Um, and uh, after I'd been there a couple of years, I started to hear that there was a group of Christian employees who had for, for a while been wanting to form an employee resource group. And so for anybody who's not familiar with employee resource groups, um, they really are sit under the umbrella of a company's diversity and inclusion work. And they really started out, um, you know, probably 15 to 20 years ago um, with a women's group. That was kind of the first 
employee resource group that most companies would have. And it was to allow a space where uh, women could come together and support each other and encourage each other. And it was, you know, hope to write that that would help women to develop and, and progress in the organization to have that kind of a support network. And um, they have grown over the years so that there are many other types of employee resource groups now that exist. But there was a group of Christians at Zurich who had been wanting to form a faith-based uh, ERG is what we call them for short, a faith-based ERG. And um, I actually uh, came to Zurich with a lot of experience in diversity and inclusion and employee resource groups and that work. And so I helped to draft the policy at Zurich for how ERGs get approved. And I was on the committee that would review any applications for a new group to be formed and, and review that and decide whether they'd be approved. So at first, I just was watching, you know, what this group was, was doing and, and serving in my role as being on that committee and serving in my role as the legal advisor, being the employment attorney um, who, who worked in that space. But I, I began to see that the group was encountering a lot of challenges. And um, so one day I came, I came out of a meeting where there, the, the meeting in the, within the meeting there had been discussion that the company wasn't sure they were comfortable with a faith-based ERG being approved and were worried it would be the most controversial and the most um, sure. divisive group in the, in the organization. I, I left that meeting, went home that night and just really felt like God was telling me, you need to do something about this. You know, you, you know, you drafted the policy, you have this expertise in this. And so you need to kind of step out of, you know, your, your day job and sort of step out of your normal role and actually advocate, you know, for this, for this group. So I, I did that. Um, thankfully the, the leadership at Zurich was very receptive to my, um, you know, discussions with them about the way I thought that this actually could be a really a positive development for the company. And I be, I ended up becoming, you know, a founding member who helped to draft the application and the charter and the, the vision and mission for the group and, and ended up becoming the co-chair of the group. And I've, I've been the co-chair for the last two years. Uh, so uh, one question I have for uh, about ERG, is this widespread? Is that a widespread pack, uh, kind of uh, activity in publicly listed companies or institutions? It is. It's pretty widespread in, in publicly traded companies now. And, and um, it really is, if the organization has someone who is working on diversity and inclusion, um, ERGs are kind of the first tool in the diversity and inclusion toolbox. You know, it's, it's one of the first things that a diversity and inclusion person will implement um, as sort of the, the framework, the foundation. For, for DNI, yeah, I'll use that um, if 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 we're okay with the acronyms, right? I'll use DNI for short. But it, that the ERGs are kind of one of the first things that the DNI uh, function will put in put in place. And sometimes they're um, at, like at Zurich, they're employee driven, where they're a, it's it's an application process from the employees to form that group. Yeah. But the DNI uh, again, the DNI function often has a policy that talks about ERGs and what groups can be ERGs, and the DNI function will create an environment that's supportive and, and promotes, you know, the creation of ERGs because there is that belief that it really helps employees to come, you know, especially new employees, right, to come into an organization and feel they immediately have a group of employees who shares mm -hmm. their same 
culture or background, right, or beliefs, and, and um, you can immediately find a group that you feel comfortable with, and it helps, just helps you to, you know, come into a new organization and feel welcomed and belong, you know, that belonging sense is a real key word in diversity and inclusion now, and, and it, that really can help you have that sense as a, especially a new employee. Yeah, is there an exclusion aspect to it? Meaning, you say this is a Christian group, uh, can it make fe uh, someone who is non-Christian feel like, wow, I'm not welcome in this? Or it yeah, that's a, it's a fair question, and, and we do get that question. So the way that ERGs are set up, and again, the way that the, pol the company policy um, structures the ERG, um, you know, the, the infrastructure and, and process for that, you do need to allow anybody to join your ERG. That's like one of the requirements. Your ERG has to be open to everybody. And if you think about it from, a, again, a, a women's ERG or perhaps an African-American ERG, a lot of times the purpose is to have allies, you know, who will join the ERG, right, and be an ally and want to learn, right, about a different culture, right, or support the individuals in that ERG. So there's very much an uh, encouragement of allies and people who maybe don't necessarily identify with that characteristic or you know culture or what have you to join. Um, and so, for example, I'm a member of every ERG that we have, you know, in order to kind of show my support and that I'm an ally and I, you know, want to attend their events right and and support them when I can. But you're right when it comes to a faith-based ERG, it's it's it is a little bit different because. Um, if you don't have any faith, right, you're, you're an atheist or an agnostic, you may not feel comfortable or desire to be an ally, right, and, and be in the, you know, the, a faith-based group. If you're not a Christian, um, you're, you have a different faith, you know, you may not feel as comfortable. But what we really try to do is have um, events and, and um, programming that partners with all of the ERGs. So we've, we have actually been the the ERG that has partnered with more of the other ERGs than anyone else. And so we really have tried to build those bridges. And, and, and we've, for example, we um, just uh, co-sponsored um, the Global Leadership Summit um, that is, comes from the Global Leadership Network at Willow Creek Church. Um, and so we just sponsored that with another ERG and, and had um, hundreds of, of employees participate, not just our members, right, but lots of employees who um, may or may not belong to an ERG even, right, to come to attend. So we try to do a lot of things to build bridges and to um, show that we partner, again, with everyone in the organization. Yeah, uh, thank you. And it's, it's so interesting to think about, you know, I think when I thought about ERGs in the past, I think about faith-based ERGs, but there are, in fact, resource groups across a lot of different platforms that really engage people in the workplace and, you know, create those ally spaces. Um, and I, I think you talked about this a little bit, you know, in terms of your advocacy for Good Newsy, but could you share with us a little bit about the role that faith has played um, over the years in your career and calling an identity and even in the last six months, you know, in your pursuit of diversity, equity and inclusion, I think we're in a season in the US where this is very um, forward in a lot of conversations with the inequity that we are now seeing so clearly um, in the news almost every day. Yes, definitely. So um, from in my journey, I really didn't understand or have a concept, you know, of living out my faith at work or in my career 
for most, most of my professional career. So it really was about five years ago that uh, there were some job transitions that were, went kind of uh, uh, not well, that were rough, rough transitions. And I really think God kind of um, pushed me out of my comfort zone, you know, and, and pushed me into uh, stirring me to ask some questions about um, what should I do next and what kind of organization, you know, do I want to work in and how can my faith be more integrated, you know, into, into my work. And so, as I mentioned, I kind of ended up, it was through those job transitions and kind of against some, some bumpy points in my career, I ended up at, at Zurich and didn't really know why God, you know, had, had I, was, I was having these dialogues with God right about where should I go next and how should this reflect my faith and, and live out my faith. And I didn't know why he had brought me to an insurance company. Um, and so that really, uh, you know, that experience of, of helping to form good news um, just uh, allowed me to learn so much about the idea, right, of integrating your faith and work. I really dug into reading everything I could find um, to, to, you know, to learn. And then beyond the ERG, it's really caused me over the last couple of years and definitely the last six months um, to look at, okay, now we've created this group and we're doing great things, but what can I do in my day job, right? And what can I do, you know, in the work I do normally every day and the people I interact with. And, and as you mentioned that um, a lot of that work is in the diversity, inclusion and equity space. How can I live out my faith in that realm, you know, as well. And mm -hmm. so the last six months with the racial injustice that we've seen absolutely has caused me to, uh, you know, to feel that, um, kind of similar to that feeling I had two years ago. I, I, I feel like God's telling me, you know, Julia, you can do something about this, right? I've placed you in your role, right? With your experience in this diversity, equity, and inclusion work at this time in our country, right? At this time in our society where there is this um, greater um, understanding and greater acknowledgement, right? Of, of uh, racial injustice. And so, I, yeah, absolutely feel like that's another, it's, it's something else I've um, it felt God leading me to, to really recognize um, the opportunities, you know, he's putting in front of me um, to live out my faith in that, in that sphere. Yeah, this is the, um, we may never face this the, again, lot what happened in the past six months. It's like the perfect storm of being trapped at home, being afraid of getting sick, losing friends, uh, maybe some people losing their jobs, financial security, all the racial injustice stuff, political turmoil, leaders behaving like children. <laughs> it's, it's like um, unemployment and then almost no end in sight in some way. You know, if you're, if you're running a retail organization or a restaurant or a cinema or sports, or whatever, it's like no end inside. And I've known so many friends in, in, the, in the entertainment space, musicians, actors, and all of that. It's not worked for six months and not going to work for the next six months. Right? It's just uh, it's a, it's a time that uh, calls out for some of these types of groups where people can come to for help. You know, uh, we, not everybody's going to go completely insane, even though some leaders seem to be. <laughs> I think we all need 
a support group of so you call it resource group you know it's a it's a support group of some sort right so timing is great um you want to ask the next question yeah yeah so if you think about you know this this year and um you know the different challenges that uh really they've they've always been there we're just more aware i think in some ways of what's going on in the world around us um, what are some of the biggest challenges you're facing as you seek to promote um, diversity and inclusion in a large, diverse company? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think many organizations that grapple with what to do in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, and especially now, right, that I feel like there is, um, you know, there has been an increasing uh, emphasis on this over the last few years, but, but again, in, in 2020, even more so. And so, of course, resources are always a challenge, right? Do you have the resources in place to support diversity and equity and inclusion work? Um, you know, reaching agreement in the organization about what's the best way, right, to move forward and, and um, what's the best way to tackle these subjects and um, just making progress, right? I feel like, um, un unfortunately, right, I have been doing this work for about 14 years now. And um, unfortunately, I, I don't see, right, the progress in diversity, equity, and inclusion over 14 years, right, that I, I, you know, would have expected. And so it is really discouraging. And I had, even before the pandemic, I had that realization last year in 2019 that, wow, I've, I've been working in this space and it's been my specialty and my passion, right, for these years. And we still have so much work to do. So I do think so many companies are trying to figure out where do we start or how do we really make progress, right? We may have been talking about this subject for many years, but we still aren't seeing the traction. You know, we're still not seeing progress. And so um, I absolutely employee resource groups are um, a mechanism, right, to create that inclusion and that belonging feeling in your organization. And so that's, it, they're really wonderful, but I feel personally challenged that we have to go beyond that, right? And we um, really need to dig in to figure out how to make real progress because it's it's unfortunate that um, that we're still, you know, having the same conversations, right? That we did 14 years ago when I started. I suspect we may still have the these conversations uh, in the next hundred years. <laughs> Maybe it will improve over time. I, I think we do. I, I generally believe we are all getting better over time. Um, yeah. Um, what are there some dangers when you set up Facebook-based uh, groups that uh, we should be, you know, and how do you overcome it? What's the danger? Yeah, I think um, you know. Again, one thing that's important from a diversity and inclusion perspective is you really want employees to feel like they can be their authentic self, their, you know, their whole self. They don't have to hide a part of themselves, right? When they come to work. And so when I, again, first started to get involved in this, I thought, you know, you shouldn't have to check your faith at the door, right? To come into the organization. And um, you really, from my perspective, I, um, you know, realized I, I hadn't been really involved in the women's employee resource groups and hadn't kind of felt, Felt drawn to be a, a you know a, a big part of those although I had I did support them and have some leadership roles over the years um, but I realized you know really my faith 
identity is more important to me than my identity as a woman. And so once I had the opportunity to not have to hide my faith at work, I really felt like I was being my authentic self more, you know, than I ever had before. So I think those are some of the positives. Um, but you definitely have these decisions about, um, is it all faiths? So you're going to see a lot of companies have an interfaith group that covers lots of different faiths, right? And you're, so there are different models at different companies. The way we did it was, again, we, um, it's kind of a grassroots effort. And so it was the Christian employees, right, who were trying to apply um, to be formed. And, 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 you know, we did agree that if other groups wanted to form, we would uh, create sort of an interfaith umbrella, you know, where all of us could work together and, um, and have that cooperation, right, and, and create that environment where um, other employees of other faiths would still feel welcome. But, but you're absolutely right that um, there are some dangers in just figuring out um, how can we as Christians be true, right, to our authentic self and be able to talk openly about Jesus, right, and, and, and read Bible scriptures and, and feel comfortable doing that. Um, but the company expects us to also create an environment where individuals of other faiths right? Feel like they can also be their authentic self. Um, and finding, I, I know I've had people say to me, you know, where's the line between where we as Christians don't want to feel like we're promoting another, you know, religious belief, right? But within a, within a company and within this kind of DNI environment, we are expected to support each other, right? Be able, be you know, support that inclusive environment for people of other faiths as well. So you're absolutely right that it's, um, it's a fine line that we are constantly walking. And, and just to share, you know, our journey, um, we did host an interfaith panel where we had individuals of, of you know, multiple faiths. Um, we have been working on creating, prior to COVID, working on creating a prayer room that would be really appropriate for people of every different faith and would have you know, different holy books, right, in the room so that you really would make every, you know, person feel comfortable in there. Um, so we've been taking some steps to really make sure that people of other faiths um, feel like we, uh, again, in the good news group, that we really support them and want to be partnering with them on uh, an inclusive environment for all. But, but there absolutely are times where we're questioning from my Christian faith perspective, right, how much should I be doing to create a prayer room, right? For a Muslim, you know, or a, a, a you know, an, a, um, a uh, environment, right? Or a, you know, a place. And, and so it is a constant um, balancing act, I think we're trying to do in the, in the corporate environment. Yeah, and there are certain things like justice and mercy that are transcend all faith, right? It crosses all borders. I mean, if mm -hmm. you want to help poor people, you help poor people, it doesn't really matter who they are. Uh, if you want justice for for people or a group of people, or uh, it's justice. Justice is justice. It's doing the right thing and being fair. Right? right. And I have I have seen that some of the companies that have interfaith groups, you're exactly right. They are having joint events on um, trafficking, right? Or they're having joint yeah. events on topics of justice and mercy that they can all agree on. That yeah. that do 
um, you know, elevate a conversation, right, and create a, a place for a dialogue that is very valuable, right? So yes, there's absolutely uh, things that all, you know, individuals of all different faiths can agree on and that you can bring um, as value to the company. Yeah, I, I, I love your comment about, you know, thinking about the authentic self and, you know, the freedom and bringing your authentic self to work and wanting to have um, other employees and colleagues at work feel that same freedom, even if they don't have, you know, the exact same faith or the same beliefs as us. And, you know, FD and I have talked about, you know, having a spiritual quotient, not just an emotional and an intellectual quotient. You know, we have an IQ, an EQ, and an SQ. And it's interesting to think about um, that that does create opportunities for mercy and justice, you know, regardless of the foundation. And I think this, this last six months, you know, with, with COVID, with, you know, the, you know, racial injustice in the spotlight, um, it'd be interesting to think about um, what, what have been, you know, some of the challenges that you've experienced as you've, you know, broadened, you know, your ERG engagement beyond maybe just the faith group um, to other types of ERGs at Zurich. And, um, you know, if, if you're having the same conversation over the last 14 years, um, what would you like to see like shift? What needs to shift to feel like we're really moving the needle here and we're going to accomplish some of these DEI goals and your DNI goals? Yes, I mean, I think one of the things that's been so apparent in 2020, right, and I think many more people are acknowledging now the systemic and institutional mm -hmm. issues, right, that um, create an environment of racism and prevent opportunities. So I think one of the things that we all, we all need to do as organizations is to really analyze um, what, what conversations are we having about systemic issues and institutional issues and um, what can we be doing about them as an organization, right? It's one thing for us as an organization to say, we want to hire more diverse individuals, right? So that we have a representation um, that reflects, right? Our customers and reflects our society. Um, but I think the current environment is challenging all of us to go to a deeper level and say, um, and acknowledge we're not gonna be able to hire, right? A diverse group of people into our organization like we want to and like we, we feel we should and um, until we acknowledge these systemic issues and that we're contributing in a positive way to providing a pathway to opportunities. So one way that Zurich is doing that is, you know, we have an apprenticeship program. And so our apprenticeship program provides um, two years of there's on the job training in addition to the community college uh, coursework and Zurich pays for their, um, you know, the, the individuals to get their associate's degree at the community college at the same time, right, we're paying them a salary to work for us. And that really provides a pathway right to an opportunity for a college education and for immediate work experience, right, to people who might not otherwise have that chance. And so we started that a few years ago, but in the last couple of years, then we've really started to talk about, okay, that's a great program that is part of our culture, right? And part of our, uh, you know, who we are as Zurich. Um, but how can we look at that through the diversity and inclusion lens in terms of um, the students, you know, that we're recruiting into our apprenticeship program and where we're setting up apprenticeship programs, right? And the, the community colleges that we're partnering with, 
the, again, the high school students, right, that we may be um, marketing to. And, and so, for example, right, we've really started to share this opportunity with more students in um, the Chicago public schools, right, and some, uh, you know, disadvantaged areas on the west side of Chicago and, and make sure that we're getting that message out, right, to the right communities um, that there's this opportunity. So I feel like that's the challenge that, that we as organizations have is to how can we take our um, aspirations related to diversity, inclusion, and equity, and really have an impact um, from a social justice perspective and an impact on the systemic issues that are preventing progress. Yeah, talk is cheap, right? And then doing something is really hard. <clears throat> Especially uh, the workforce trying to hire more minorities or whatever group that, that has been excluded. Uh, it takes a long time, it takes mm -hmm a special effort uh, and uh, there's a lot, as you say, apprenticeship. It may take 10 years for you to, to make some of these things happen. You've got to start maybe with high school interns who go to college and, uh, you know, um, and so yeah, it, it, it really is an investment. And I think people are starting to make it happen. So, uh, but as Christians, we could probably should be on the forefront of some of these things, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm actually disappointed. On the other side is ESG, right? Environmental social governance issues. In a sense, that is also very much aligns with Christian values. So people who should be spearheading and sharing it at work should be Christians because, you know, we are stewards of the earth, right? Uh, and everything that God has given us. Uh, and for some, somehow it's not the case. It's uh, usually a a non-believer who has invested their life in uh, green, green philosophies. Uh, anyway. Um, it's funny because Hannah and I just had that conversation the other day, right? That ESG is absolutely an area, yes, where we can, as Christians, have an impact and really, um, you know, feel like that is living out our faith in our work environment to really get involved with ESG activity. So it's, yeah, that's a perfect example. Yeah. So actually, uh, we were talking about looking six months back and also, six, I, I think there's another six months forward of this thing before, at least six months before things normalize a little bit. Even if a vaccine is approved tomorrow, it'll take us, for the three of us, unless you have a lot of clout, it's going to take <laughs> five months, six months before we get it. Um, and so there's there's still going to be continuing stress and dislocation and all of that. And that's where the opportunity, I think stress and dislocation should open up more opportunities for, for kind of the spiritual portion to come into play. Right. Yeah, and we, we have seen that. Um, so at the beginning of COVID, we um, had a massive response to a weekly prayer meeting that we had. So we've had a weekly prayer meeting in existence since Good News started almost. And, but, but we didn't see a whole lot of attendance until the pandemic began. And now we have um, consistently 35 people every week joining for prayer and it is such a blessing. And um, we've seen our, we have small groups and, you know, Bible studies that have been a great way for people to have this continued support and network and, and 
um, encouragement right during this time. So um, absolutely, we have seen um, uh, the the folks who are who are really tied in right to um, to other individuals of faith at work and have that support structure. Um, you know they have been flourishing during this time and those connections and the fellowship has been just you know tremendous. So we've really seen that um, progress and, and advance during this time. Yeah. Yeah, we have we have just uh, we're getting close to the end of our time, but. Um, I'd like to ask one more question about um, DEI before we, you know, talk a little bit more about um, faith and scripture and how we integrate and act, what we should do tomorrow. Uh, and so as we're, you know, facing all of these things in the world around us and the dialogues at work around um, racial equity and racial equality, um, what are some of the challenges that we should be preparing for every day that we go into work in terms of engaging and um, retaining employees and really empowering our coworkers, um, maybe you know that haven't had opportunities in the past. Um, what are what are the, some of the things we should be doing as as Christians and as as good managers and leaders? Yes, I do think that um, a new dialogue right has been started over these last few months about racial justice and racial equality. And so, one of the things that I'm seeing is our employees are really um, much more vocal, right? They're really asking for the company to make a statement, for the company to have a commitment, and they are watching, right? They're really looking for action. They're looking for this not to be a one-time event, right, where we have a racial justice dialogue and it was a one-time thing and now it's over. They are asking us for, um, you know, consistent, repeated, you know, commitment, right, to this, to this discussion. So, you know, one of the things that we did, again, in, in the context of our Christian group was um, we're utilizing the resources of the Be the Bridge nonprofit. It's a discussion guide. And so we have every month in order to have this sustained uh, progress and, and continue the dialogue and really give people a place um, to use their voice in terms of what they're feeling and experiencing, um, but also learning, right? So for, for me as a white woman, you know, to really be there learning and trying to challenge my beliefs, right? And try to, so that I can grow and, and build relationships with people who are different from me. We have a monthly Be the Bridge meeting now that we're doing with 40 employees um, that's going to continue for the next 10 months. So I think those are some things, you know, how can you not just have a one-time right event? Um, how can you continue the momentum? Because I think our employees are going to be looking for that and um, they are gonna be looking for actual progress, right? Are we, gonna, are we seeing change in the hiring numbers, right? Are we seeing changes in promotions? Are we seeing changes in who's on the leadership team, right? And, and what they look like. So I do think, um, you know, we, we just can't let, let the momentum die down, right? We need to, um, this has opened a, a new dialogue. Um, it has really gotten a lot more attention and, and focus, and that's wonderful, but we really have to keep it going, and we as organizations, right, need to make sure our employees feel that, they see that sustained commitment. Otherwise, I do think it's going to affect our ability to retain our diverse employees. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, it is a lot, of, a lot of call to action and not just words, and we um, you know, want to get behind not just talking about doing things, but 
doing them. So um, when you think about uh, maybe a guiding scripture in your life that we can learn from today, as hopefully we go into action tomorrow and um, seeing people around us, is there a, a passage you'd be willing to share with us, you know, as we think about this and that has really guided you? Yes, I, I feel like Isaiah 42.1 has just been on my heart for um, really probably a year now, um, which says, here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on the earth. And so for me personally, right, I feel like the diversity, equity, and inclusion work is a way that we can bring justice and righteousness into our organizations. Um, but I do think we need to challenge, right, that maybe the way we've been doing it over, you know, all these number of years, it, it's, it, it hasn't been working. You know, what, what we've done in the past hasn't worked, but I do think we have the opportunity to really be um, servants of God in our workplace, right? In, in bringing justice into those environments. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so FT, let's, let's think about what are, what are some takeaways that we heard today? Uh, I'll put you on the spot first to give Julia time to think. <laughs> the thing I'll do today is mm -hmm speak to my HR about ERG groups yeah. <laughs> and uh, and um, I, I didn't I didn't know about this you know I've been working and and trying to incorporate faith into work and all that for 40 years uh, I didn't know this ERG thing existed in big well-known companies so uh, I want to push that. Uh, that that's a non-scriptural response um, uh, to, to everything I heard today. Um, I, do, I do think that we are, as Christians, kind of messengers of peace a little bit, uh, that we, sh we should, if our, our own quiet time and walk is strong enough, be able to spread some peace and comfort to our fellow workers. And um, so, that, you know, for me, uh, it's something I'm reminded of today is uh, Isaiah 26, 3. Uh, you will keep in perfect peace. These whose mind is steadfast because they trust in you. And that uh, want some of that perfect peace to spread to other workers. People are going, slowly going crazy uh, being stuck at home. So, so that's my side of it. Yeah, that's, it's really really good and i i think you know it's a we're in we're all in different organizations and different types of markets you know from um finance to insurance to the higher education and i think the, the one thing i heard from you julia today was just um to be more purposeful about who i'm allying with who who have i been an ally to we all want allies right we want people to advocate for the things that we feel like are are really important but um I think that tomorrow, maybe today, maybe later today, if I have the opportunity, you know, seeking out spaces where there, there's injustice or there's a lack of power and saying, okay, how can I ally in this situation? And, um, you know, we get to be an image of Jesus in Isaiah 23 and 42. And, you know, we get to play a part in partnering with Jesus and bringing justice to the nations.
So what would you tell us? You're the expert. We've, we've just said what we've heard. <laughs> what would you tell us? What's, what's the takeaway um, that somebody listening in today could, could apply and do tomorrow? Just take and to take action. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, I shared the example of the apprenticeship program, right? Because I, I would really challenge organizations to look at what is important in your culture, right? Every company has something that's within their DNA, right? It's with, you know, it's, it's who they are as an organization. So what is it that makes you unique? And can you look at that through a diversity, equity, and inclusion lens? And can you look at that through this lens of justice, right? Is there a way you can take whatever is, you know, unique and special to your organization's culture and use that in a way to have an impact on systemic issues, you know, in our society that do prevent um, opportunity from being available to all. Um, and again, I think that looks different for each organization. So I, I would also say, I don't think there's a one size fits all, right? Diversity, equity, and inclusion solution. I think it's really specific to your organization, understanding what is your culture, what's in your DNA, Again, for us, it happens to be apprenticeships, right? Um, that, that happened to be something that we really felt strongly about. Um, and, and it's how can we use that in the best way to have an impact towards justice? And I think every organization can find something that's unique and special to them in order to do that. Yeah, that's really good. I think that you know, we all have unique gifts that we can bring to this, to this conversation and dialogue. So thank you so much for joining us today. And for your time. And before we go, let's just close really quickly um, with a, just a word of prayer. Let's dedicate this to God and say, okay, we can take action in this. Um, FG, would you mind just praying as we close? Yeah. Um, thank you, Lord, for this time. And uh, what a pleasure to speak to a uh, sister in Christ in the faith. Uh, and uh, Lord, pray, I pray that we will um, be able to uh, be a positive, force at our workplaces uh, where we can influence others to um, be put in the effort to, uh, uh, to do things that will help in diversity and inclusion uh, where, where uh, people who are minorities or uh, who have been um, who have faced racism or other, other discrimination or that we can play a, a forceful, useful role for, for long lasting change. Uh, I pray that you'll sustain us in this desire to do good and uh, you'll fill us with your strength, your wisdom, your spirit that we, um, while trying to do good, uh, do not do any harm actually. We thank you for this conversation and this time in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much. It's great, great to talk yeah. to you. I learned a lot. Thank <laughs> you both. Great discussion. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.